There you are. Our scripture reading today comes from Psalm 96. Psalm 96. We read this. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. Proclaim the good news of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before Him, all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. He shall judge the peoples righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and all its fullness. Let the field be joyful and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the woods will, will rejoice before the Lord. For He is coming. For He is coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with His truth. Casablanca, I've told you many times, my favorite movie of all times. There's a particular scene in Casablanca where uh, Rick's Cafe is where most of the thing plays out. And Rick's Cafe is a eating joint. It's got a bar in there and there's gambling going on. And as the story unfolds at one point, the head of the police department comes in, tells them they're going to shut down the cafe. And uh, Rick comes out and says, why are you shutting it down? There's no reason to shut down my cafe. And he says, I'm shocked. Shocked to learn there's gambling going on in here. And immediately after saying that, one of the workers from the, from the gambling tables comes up to the guy who just said he was shocked, hands him a bunch of money and says, these are your winnings. It was a bit of humor right there because basically he skims off the top of the cafe. As he says, I'm shocked to learn that there's gambling. That's how he makes sure it, he keeps it open. And so that was kind of funny. So when I wrote the letter this week to you, I had that on mind. When I said, I was stunned, shocked, and dismayed to learn some of you are reading the subject lines, but not reading my emails. How could you, after all the TLC I put into each one, how could you not be reading my emails? I want to make sure you picked up on that was humor. Just like in Casablanca, okay? So I said that, just kidding, all right, after that, because I can't read all of my emails either. So Brenda had let me in on this, that yeah, people are saying it's too long, okay? So she's trying to get me to shorten it up. She's highlighting things, so you go, look, you know, for those of you who don't want to really want to read here, this is all you need to know, yellow, yellow, yellow. Okay, there we are, okay? So I decided this week we're going to put out one that says, keeping it short, Changing away from the subject line that says, you know, reconnecting and keeping it short. Figure it'll get people's attention. And Brenda turns around and after every one of my lines, she adds about three more lines. <laughs> Next to him, I'm like, Brenda, I told him I'd be keeping it short and you've more than doubled the size of my email. You made a liar out of me. Now, you got to understand what Brenda was doing, she was giving you data. And actually, this is her strong point. I mean, the fact that this is so well organized as far as where meals are going, she knows where every meal is going to go. 
All right, she knows exactly who's getting what, where they're going, who's delivering what, where. That's what her data was about. But I said that to her as I, after kidding her, and we talked about this for a minute, I said to her, I said, you know, we were writing for two different purposes. You write, and she usually texts it at the end of my email, so you can know, oh, Gary only wrote this much, and Brenda wrote this much. Well, I say, you write to communicate data. I write as a pastor to build connection. That's why I'm sending the letters out. I wasn't sending letters out like this before we were uh, separated from one another. Well, this virus thing that has me writing those letters that some of you don't want to take the time to read, heartbroken. But it has helped me better understand the spirit with, with, with which Paul wrote Philippians, because that's where we're going to spend our time today. In the latter part of the book, you find that he's thanking them for a gift, and uh, we won't look at that, but he thanks them for a gift, so there's this personal connection. And he is, at the early part, expressing his desire to be with them, because he's not there in Philippi, but he has the connection with them. And if I could say as far as trying to get a feel for what Paul's going through, and I do mean it. I, I feel like I'm reading the letter in a different way now. Uh, pastor appreciation just happened. And I, Lori and I really did appreciate your kindness to us. And there were a number of gifts that came in, very generous, very kind, more than I feel like we would ever be worthy of. And uh, we had opportunity to acknowledge some of those, but I also want to mention, like, something came in this week, and I don't know who you were, because I've looked, I don't see it anywhere, but we got, I'll call it a faith radiogram for Pastor Appreciation Month, and, month, and on the back, there's this note that says, he preaches the Word of God and always willing to help, but it doesn't tell me who sent it in. So whoever you were who had this acknowledged at Faith Radio, thank you. So very, very much. Uh, that is such an encouragement. And then last week, a letter came in after, our, after the message last week, and uh, it's from somebody from Heather Vedbrotten, who attended here for a number of years, was Sunday school teacher. We really appreciated Heather's input with us. And uh, she wrote a very touching and a very personal note. So I can't read everything that is in it, but here's one line that she actually says three different ways, so I'll just give it to you once. Uh, I am just so blessed to still be a part of the NEFC community. Because she listens in. Heather, welcome. We're glad to have you. Okay. Um, but how encouraging is that, that she would take the time and um, then she did some other things in there in order to be a blessing to other people and to be a part of what we're doing here today. So, you know, you just got to appreciate these things. And then there was, there was some anonymous things that came through that I have no way of, I have no way of acknowledging you in that they came directly to the church and then to us. I don't know who they were. And so thank you for those of you who did it anonymously. But could I, could I just mention some other things that maybe they aren't directly tied to Pastor's Appreciation Month, but, month, but that me as a pastor, I really appreciate. Okay, it's, it's been such an encouragement to me. Friday night, Heather Olson brought two meals over because Lori's laid up. She brought a meal over for each of us, but she also brought a third one for herself. 
And we ate with Heather Olson Friday night. And then she was kind enough to stick around for another hour or so. And we played a table game called Quirkle. And when she left, it was so uplifting to have just had some interaction with someone. Right? Just relax like it's normal life. And we had this great time together. What a blessing that was. And Carrie Shervin last week, you know, when I put that thing out about getting meals, she sends us humorous email. Is Pequot Lakes too far to deliver? So we agreed, well, we'll meet halfway in Bemidji for the meals, okay? Mike Ratzloff, twice in the last month, has made contact with me via uh, text messages. One, he was going to be passing through, wondering if he could stop and visit. I wasn't here at that time. The other one, he sent me a text message during deer season. Just to say, hi, we're listening. He showed me a picture of a beautiful buck that he took. What a blessing that Mike would share that and say, hey, we're out here. We're looking forward to this thing being over, but we are here and we are checking in and appreciated that. This past week, um, Tim, panic, stopped by with boxes, some of the early boxes that came in this week. And then he was kind and I said, Tim, Tim, because he likes to play pool, say, Let's play a couple games of pool. Can we do that? So we took 15 minutes, played some pool on the table. He gave me that kind of time. What a rich blessing that he would do that because it allowed us to connect. Mark called and, and gave me an update on what's happening with the guys that we know from STS. We got Rand, Randy Twistle, who is also a part of us in Ohio now because of job situations. He calls me every few months, and he just called me a couple weeks ago. Just wants to say hi. Just want to check in. Just want to see how you're doing, Gare. And then uh, a couple weeks ago, we had our post-hunting supper. And men just sat in here. It wasn't a large group. We didn't expect a large group. And the men sat in here, told hunting stories. What a great time that was. And every one of these gave opportunity in one way or another to connect with the people of this church. And we're so spread out. And, and some of us come and go depending on if we're quarantining or isolating and different things. And it's just hard to be with one another. And, and having seen how uplifting all of that was, I better understand Paul as he wants to be connected to the Philippians, but they're separated from one another. And what I sense in a new way is the depth of his spirit in writing when he says he wants to be with them. He looks for that next time when they can be together. And I want to pick up Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. And you'll get this sense of Paul's heart. And I'm going to use it in a different way this morning. I trust you'll be gracious. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. I just, I just picture Paul, you know, somewhere in isolation or not a lot of people around him as he thinks through this letter and what his voice might have sounded like. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my change and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. A couple of things that I pick up on that, that I just observe in that particular passage. 
And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it on through verse 11, 9 to 11, and our guys working the thing are going to go freak out because I didn't give them those verses to begin with and didn't realize I didn't. So if we get to 9 and 11, nothing comes up on the screen. Don't blame them. Just say, okay, Barrett, that's two places you failed this morning, all right? But here's, here's an interesting observation. I want to break it into two parts. Appreciation is necessary to Christian community. Appreciation is necessary to Christian community. Because that's what we're talking about. Remember this series, Seeking God, Healing, and Community. If we're going to have community with one another, there needs to be a spirit of appreciation. And I'd like to break that down into just two simple areas. One, appreciation for the connections that we do have together. He said in verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Verse 5, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. He said in verse 7, I have you in my heart inasmuch as you, my chains and defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are partakers with me of grace. You're here, you're part of me. Verse 8, I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. He has a deep appreciation for the people in Philippi. And he, as he is there in prison, he is aware and thinking about and contemplating these people who are away from him, how significant they are. I'd like to, if you will allow me, as I said, this is going to be a little bit, it's going to be a little bit different. But I, I'd like us just to think about this, to, to stir our thinking, if you will. This whole concept of, of appreciation for those with whom we have connections. Very faithful, the Stanell family. They're not coming. Greetings if you're there. Anybody whose name I mention, if you're there, I'm greeting you at the time, okay? I can't stop for everyone. But because of the mask thing and how generally we have decided to go with it, and Deb's got some medical issues, they weren't comfortable coming this direction. But you know, they've been sitting there in all faithfulness. You know, Dave sent me a text a little bit ago asking for boxes for Operation Christmas Child. And um, this has been a wonderful family and the faithfulness of Deb on our missions committee and Wildman with our men's ministry. And all these years they've driven all the way from Greenbush that they have driven so consistently. And we watch their children grow up and we see the magnificent young adults they have become. How do you not appreciate? How do you not appreciate the Stanells as part of us, even though they're not right here? How do you not appreciate a family like the Levenhagens? You guys have no idea unless you're involved here and it's just different right now. But the deep commitment that, that Stovey has given uh, along with Dylan and some others here on the, on the, on the technology side of things. I, I get calls from him you know, regularly about he needs to do this or that and stuff that he's working on. And then Becky, she's trying to, they're trying to raise three kids. She is, uh, she is doing master's work. Okay. And leading, continues to lead our uh, Christian education uh, department without skipping a beat. Now, how amazing is that? Did anybody ever stop to think about how incredible? We just dismissed some kids for Children's Church. Cheryl Eveland is back there waiting. How many years has Cheryl Eveland faithfully served kids, other people's kids, right? And she doesn't ask any accolades for it. And she has been so faithful to that. And how do you not appreciate that? 
How do you not, speaking about CE, how do you not, you can't see it yet. It's not being able to develop the way we would like it to. But how do you not appreciate the fact that Katie and Alyssa have stepped up and they're trying to figure out how to team, tag team in leading on, in, during Sunday school? How can we not be thankful for the fact that God has raised some people up to, to be in that position? And I've already mentioned Stovey, but the, the tech guys, you know, there's new guys coming in, learning new skills, committing themselves. How are we not appreciative of them? They're all, this is all part of the community. Arnold and Evelyn. I mean, this faithful couple for all these decades that they've been here, and I've mentioned it to you before, but Arnold into his 90s was still coming to the man cave and bringing his neighbor Stan, whom we love. How cool is that? that a guy in his 90s is doing that. I can't visit with Darlene Roseland that at some point she doesn't say how much this church means to her for all these years. She loves this church. Jeff and Jill Hansen, if you talk to them about what they've had to deal with in the last few years in their lives, okay? Just within their extended family, they have, their plates have been so full with stuff. And Jeff, a year ago, was saying, you know, he thought it was time to be done until we ran into some really diff a really difficult spot a year ago, and then he came back. He said, you know, if you want me to serve for one more year, I will. We have needed him. And he's, this, he's going above what he was originally committed to. How do we not, are we not thankful? In the midst of all that other stuff in their lives, how are we also not thankful? It was about a month ago that the men were in this room, and we got to hear for the first time ever for all the years got to hear Jeremiah Johnson tell his story. That man walks by faith. Thanks God for the life that he has. It was significant. He's part of our community. We love him. We, we, of course, we're all delighted by what's taken place here with the Garthus family and how they took on this task after Karen did it so well. And, and we got the little scene here and the table that's out there. And that's been, that's been absolutely wonderful. And they're going to come get these later today because they're really working hard at staying distanced and, and, and keeping healthy. But, you know, I, I, I don't want us to feel like we, we, have to, we have to hold him to this because kids are kids, right? But you know what one of the desires is for Jalen right now, the thing that he's speaking about? The possibility of going into youth ministry. How are we not thankful that, that, that God is at least you know, rattling in front of one of our own young people? The possibility of ministry. You know that, I only learned this a couple days ago, that, that Ellert, who's in during, doing his electrician's training at, uh, at Northland, uh, he's doing that. He also was building a great resume by working for an electrical company in the Grand Forks area. And he has, he has resigned from working there so that he can now go be on staff and work as part of the, uh, of the ground, I don't, know, I don't know if it's grounds or maintenance team at Cooperstown. He now has skills that they need at a different place because he's been there many times as a counselor. And now he's gone and he's giving time regularly at Cooperstown. How cool is that? I'm going to put somebody on the spot who last week she didn't expect it, and I'm putting her back on the spot because I was blessed by this. Last week I teased Susie Burrell about, um, hey, did you get your deer already? That's why you're here, Randy's not. <laughs> She's like, I don't hunt deer. Okay, he's out. 
But you know, they're both here today. We're glad to have you both with us today. But Susie, it was a blessing. You came alone. You could have said, ah, Randy's not here. You know, maybe not. You came alone. That was a blessing that you just, your presence was here with our community in that way. And uh, do you guys ever stop to think about, now I saw them here earlier. Oh yeah, they're sitting right over there. A few of them are, the salt vets. I recall years ago, when um, Judy was our only piano player, and she was wearing out, and Miles, I think, approached them and said, "Could you know, Mandy, would you help sometime? Would you?" And they were not ready to make a long commitment. They're like, "Well, we'll we'll try it a little bit." And this many many years later, here they are. Mandy's probably working today, or is she home with kids? She's working. She's on the same rotating type of schedule Lori is, so we don't get to see her all the time. Um, but the faithfulness that they have demonstrated, how, are you, how can we not be thankful for those in our community? So these are just some. These are just some. All right? But we need to demonstrate appreciations for connections we just have with each other. These people are part of who we are. And then we need to have appreciation for the connection we have with God. When we see that connection at work in someone's life. I'm pretty certain I've told you this before. It's one of those things that just sticks in your mind. Somebody who, years and years ago, somebody years and years ago, uh, seemed to think they knew everything about everybody's life in this church. And they very pointedly said to me, how can you possibly be the pastor to these people? Meaning, these people are all so bad. How can you be the pastor? How do you even justify this? And I just quoted Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. How can we not be thankful when we see God at work in people's lives. And God is at work in people's lives. Not if we sit back and don't get to know people. Trust me, you may have to get to know them rather than just sit in judgment on them. But if you'll get to know them, you'll find out, wow, they have a real relationship with the living God and it matters to them. And it defines how they live their lives. When Gene Folden first showed up here, and it's been on more than one occasion, kind of apologizes, okay? Forgive me, but the word he would use is as a young man, he was a hellraiser. And now he's trying to step into our fellowship, and he knows he's, he's had a reputation of not being a great guy sometimes. But the guy loves the Lord, and he seeks to walk with the Lord, he and Connie, regularly. And they've just been through the virus themselves, and they're trusting God in it. A couple weeks back in the man cave, I watched a group of men sit together and expose their lives to one another to just, just describe what life was like and what they're going through and the difficulties that they have gone through and how some willingly, intentionally have walked away from the Lord, others just looking for hope while they're going through difficult times. But I listened to men talk about the, the, how God is is a significant part in the foundation to their lives. What a blessing to hear these men speak in that way. 
I've heard it on more than one occasion, and I can only conclude that God is at work. That Amber Morstead, your ministry is a blessing to people. And one of the things that has, I have said it, and others have said it to me, and I heard it again this morning, and they quoted somebody else who said it. It's like, somehow the selection of the music that you're bringing, you don't, we can't meet for a staff meeting, but it fits. And I just have to believe God is involved in that. So thank you. We see God at work in you. And we're just blessed by how you're growing in, 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 in the ministry that you carry. How can we not be thankful for Dusty and Abby? Think about this. They came at a time when things were in total upheaval. And you know, they had a question for us. After they'd done, it, they'd done the ministry with the youth for a couple of months, you know what their question to us was? Their number one question to us was this. Are you continuing to see us as temporary? Because what we really want is to be able to minister with the, to the kids from this perspective. We're here. That's it. We're here. There's no time frame that ends it. We're not here for the next three months, six months to get over a difficult patch. We're here. And we are here for you. And good things are happening there. How can we not be thankful for that? There's something that happened. This happened a number of years ago, but it still amazes me. Um, Rhea Hansen was our treasurer for a number of years. Did an incredibly good job and was an outstanding board member. And she was one of these people who will think very clearly. And, and I like to think fuzzy, and she wants to keep it clear. And we laugh, and you know, we'd have long conversations after a board meeting. But you've got to really appreciate Araya Hansen, all right? And, and then they decided that, you know, kids would be nice. All right. About the third kid came along. She said, I don't think I can keep doing this and, you know, the whole what needs to happen at home. And so um, she gave us warning that she was going to need to leave. That was on a Thursday night. Sunday morning following, like four days later. After a service, Leanne stops me right over here and says, you know, I think God is asking me to take on more in, uh, in the ministry here now. I think I'm at a place where I need to take on more. It's like, really? Let's talk. And how God just transitioned as one lets us know at one meeting that she's not going to be able to continue forever. The next one, the next meeting, someone God has raised up already. And Leanne is doing an amazing job as our treasurer. And we love having her on our board. God is at work. How do you not celebrate this thing that God is doing something here? He's begun a good work. He's going to continue it. You know, I, I kind of go out, I kind of go out on a limb a little bit on this one. I spoke with Jeannie Burrell briefly this week. She had had surgery earlier. And uh, Conrad, did he make it home, Randy? Your dad get home? Okay, he did get I tried calling him. He wasn't taking my call. I don't know what, but he didn't answer the phone. But uh, he has had surgery, and uh, he's recovering well? Okay, well, we're thankful, we're thankful for that. But you know what, friends? You could easily, because they're quiet, right? You could easily just conclude, because they're quiet, and they come and they go, yeah, well, nothing's happening in their lives. I want to tell you what, I've talked with them. I've sat in their home, and I know there are things happening in their lives, and I know that the things of God matter to them. I have heard it. And I just find them to be such a blessing because I've seen what God has done, that good work. Here's something for you. How many of you know well Emily Johnson? Do you know Emily Johnson? You see, probably most of us don't. 
And probably most of us could go, well, she comes, she goes, she's kind of quiet. All right? But you know, there's a woman who takes seriously her Bible study. Particularly, she's interested in eschatology and end times. And she's aware of the teachers that are out there. And she sends me stuff that, hey, you might want to listen to this. And it's been good stuff. It's been good stuff. She turned me on to one particular speaker. It's like, man, I like this guy. Thank you, Emily. But without knowing her, you might conclude, yeah, they're just one of those church, you know, they come for Sunday, they come at Easter and Christmas, then they go. It's like, no, this matters to Emily. It impacts her life. The, the change that we can see, I'm, I'm telling you, the change in Derek and Shannon Converse, I don't, I'd say nothing other than God is at work there. I'm going to leave it at that, but it is so evident. Are you aware? Do you know? Do you know this? Because if you don't know him, you wouldn't know this. Do you know that Randy Rose makes it a habit to bring young men into his shop and let them work alongside of him? There's ministry happening there, friends. Here is a guy being a godly example to young men. If you don't know Randy, you don't realize how many men have been touched because he's let them come work alongside of him in his shop. These are the people from our community, friends. And this afternoon, when you have your meal, you're going to have in your package, you're going to have, they were asked if they would prepare bars, right? Bars. That'd be great. Bars. Well, I saw what's been prepared. It's not bars. I won't tell you what it is, but I ask you to think to yourself, how much time did it take to prepare each one of those desserts? Somebody took some time on your behalf. Somebody from our community, Tim and Ginny Kiviaho. Amazing couple. And Tim said to me 26 years ago when he first arrived, I believe God's called me to minister to kids, and I've told you this. 26 years later, Tim is still ministering to kids. How faithful is that? How amazing is that work of God in his life? And we could go on, right? What I wanted to do with all this time, I said it was going to be different. And I could go to every one of you individually in this room. I wanted to simply say appreciation is necessary to the Christian community. Whether at a personal level we appreciate others and the connections that we have with them, or whether or not we're able to, just if we don't know them well, but we can see God's work in their lives, we celebrate that. So that's appreciation necessary to the Christian community. Secondly, intercession. And here's where I'll move on, and I'm sorry guys that I didn't give you this heads up ahead of time. Intercession is also necessary to Christian community. And you know why? You know why? It's because there's no perfect church. You've heard the saying, if you find the perfect church, don't join it. You will ruin it. And that's true. That is absolutely true. And Philippi wasn't a perfect church. You can read on into chapter 4 and see there were some women there weren't getting along. And Paul, in this letter to the entire church, names these women. Just names them outright. That they, they need to get along with one another. So there are things there that weren't right. And so intercession is necessary. I mean praying. And in chapter 1, verse 9, the next few verses went on like this. So just listen. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise 
of God. And he says, I'm praying for you. I'm remembering you before God's throne of grace. And he names four things. One, that your love will abound. Now, we get that. We understand that, you know, Corinthians tells us that if I don't have love, it doesn't matter what I got. It doesn't matter my spiritual gifts. It doesn't matter the incredible things I can do. If I do not have love, I am nothing. And that's not a, was it Tom Jones or Engelbert Hupperding? Without love, I am nothing, nothing at all. You know, if nobody's loving me, nobody's loving me. It's like, no, no, no. If we're not a source of love in the things we do, it doesn't amount to anything. So Paul prays that they might abound in love. And then in verse 10, he mentions both that they'll prove things which are excellent and that they'll be sincere and without offense. And I think he touches on this concept again at the end of the book when he said, you know, you're probably familiar with this. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report. If there's virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, think on these things. Meditate on these things. He's telling this is this is how we are to live. There are good and wonderful things where we, we dwell in these things and on these things. And he is saying, look at excellence. Not just excellence in terms of performance, because we as a church could, could strive for that. Let's make sure we're doing everything with excellence by way of performance. But it isn't performance. We're here about worship. We're here about building into one another's lives. But the things which are excellent in terms of the values that are pleasing to God and to those things where we keep our minds focused on the things which are good, the things which are uplifting, the things which build into other people's lives, the things that God says, that's a good thing. That's what we want to be striving for. But just to be performance-oriented, excellent, God's not honored in that. And then the other thing is that be sincere and without offense, right? People know a fake. We'll see right through it. And there, there's, I, there's times I think some people come, they, at least they come across to me this way as, boy, I'm going to sincerely show you how committed I am to Jesus Christ, and you're going to know it. Why do you have to make that so obvious? It will come through. Just live for Jesus. It will come through. You don't have to make it your, your plan to make sure I see it. That, to me, comes across as insincere and, and, and inoffensive. And I've seen it time and time again, and I hope people grow out of it when I see it. And then the final thing that he says is being filled with the fruits of righteousness, the fruits that comes from righteousness. And I think, ultimately, there's a bit of a progression here. So when we're living in love, and we're striving for the things that are excellent to God, with sincere hearts, and we're not trying to be offensive and, and prove, you know, our we've got the upper hand over somebody else. We don't need to do any of that. It says, out of that, love, excellence, sincerity, and, and intending not to give offense. Somebody can, may take offense, but that isn't the point. We don't need to be offensive. Out of that comes fruit. Paul says, here's how it will abound in you. And here's how God's going to do a work in your midst, within your community. So, two simple thoughts, friends. Appreciation is necessary to the Christian community. We broke that down into two parts. 
I just want to ask you this question. As we're wrapping this up. Who are you thankful for? Who can you look around and say, I am thankful for that person. I appreciate how God has used them in my lives, or I see God at work in them in other people's lives. Here's an idea. Why don't you tell them? Why don't you tell them? It's got to be sincere. But why don't you tell them? And if you look around here and you say, I can't find a person I appreciate, that's on you. That's on you. Because God is at work here. That's number one. You might want to tell somebody else also. Right? You might want to tell someone else how much you appreciate that. That's how I learned there's two people appreciating Amber's ministry. Okay? One person told me, and then she did just this morning, and then she told me about somebody else who had said the same thing. Huh. What a blessing that was to have that little conversation and to know, man, God has just blessed us with this young woman. How, how great was that, okay? That helps build community. Appreciation is necessary to Christian community, and intercession is also necessary to Christian community. So that same question, but this changed one word, not who you're thankful for, but who you're praying for. Who are you praying for within this fellowship? So you can walk out of here today and just be critical. You guys can, listening online, you shut up, say, I'm never going to be any part of that thing again because you're critical. But I got a question. If you're praying for somebody, all right, sincerely praying for them, you think maybe the criticism begins to ebb and flow away because we, um, we really care about the people and we're really engaged with them and we really want good things for them. So, who are you praying for? We're a community here. We're a community of faith. Who are you praying for? That's number one. Number two, how about this? Tell them. What about, a, what about a note? What about a text message? What about a phone call? What about an email that says, you know what, I am committing to pray for you for the next week. Uh, let me know if there's anything in particular you want me to be praying about. But I am your prayer support in the course of this next week. Can you imagine? Could that possibly change the entire nature of our sense of community? If even half of us picked up on that and made that a regular habit to reach out to others, maybe somebody, we don't know them as well. They might only be a picture in the, in the pictorial directory that Brenda does such a good job at keeping up to date on. That may be all that they are, but we can still, as another brother or sister in Christ, contact them just to say, I'm praying for you this week. I'm undergirding you. You're not alone this week. That could change. Change who we are. So friends, community. When I was looking for a one-word title for the message for today, I came up with Thanksgiving. Brenda said, well, that's original <laughs> because it's our Thanksgiving offering and weekend. Um, but I got to tell you, this is sincere. I am thankful for each and every one of you because I really do see the work that God is doing among you, and I can see work that God is doing in you. And I praise Him and I thank Him for that. And after all these years, I still count it the great privilege of my life and of Lori's and my journey that we get to serve for the sake of the kingdom alongside of you, because you are a blessing to us. I believe we have an Operation Christmas Child video that's going to play. 
And then you're going to give thanks for the boxes. You'll include thanks for the food with that. Because it's all going out. We're not necessarily going to, some of us may eat here. But um, we're into that season of thanksgiving. Will you express it to someone else today too? Please. Or this week or somehow. And let's build our community because we all need that.